0: what to do next? So stop saying that you don't know what to do, Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. We're gonna record now. But it's crazy that when you get out of a valley, how restorative you you feel. Like it's almost immediate. Like you realize you're there. You would, you admit that you're in this bad place. You start taking the steps to get out. And then it's like, it's like the scales just fall off your eyes. Like the blanket comes off and you just feel so fresh. And the things that you were thinking and feeling when you were in the valley just aren't there anymore. Like I woke up this morning and I was excited. I never once thought of canceling the call. Even last night, I had no idea what I was going to talk about, but I'm like, nope, God is going to bring us something. And I can't wait to talk to everyone. And then I, I drank a cup of coffee and I started kind of feeling like shaky. I'm like, is this from the coffee or is this like the Holy spirit? (laughs) Like I'm always like, am I like high on the Holy spirit or is this like the coffee hitting my brain? And I just, I don't know. I just, I felt so alive and so awake and excited. And I feel on fire right now. And it's this Holy spirit tornado inside of me that just feels like it's, whirling and rushing and it's an amazing feeling and I told you last week that I wanted to talk about spiritually running versus worldly running and there is no better time than to talk about this right now because I just went through it and I realized this and when I was praying and looking at my notes when I get these ideas in my head of upcoming calls whether I talk to you guys on clarity calls and you tell me things like I really want to learn more about prayer or I need to turn off the negative self-talk. I'll kind of put it in my notes of upcoming calls to do. And I had this one in my section of my folder for a while of running. And I came from worldly running. And in my bio on Instagram, it says that I'm a former workaholic and now I'm an anti-hustler because the world tells you, to run the race. And it tells you to sacrifice and work so hard and don't stop and sacrifice now so that later you don't have to and just hustle and hustle. I mean, you can go and find shirts that say, hustle hard and notebooks and coffee cups. And there's courses that teach you how to hustle. And it's this glorified thing. Like, hustling and good morning, Terry hustling and working hard. It's like this badge of honor. Like I am a hustler. I never sit down. I never slow down every day. I'm hustling, you know, like the songs, like everyone is talking about this hustle culture and I fell victim into it. And I was hustling and working because I wanted stuff and I wanted to be glorified in this world. And I wanted approval and I wanted, success and money and status and all the things that come with hustling and I realized that running isn't a bad thing. If you have your eyes set on a prize and you are excited and you are running towards something, that's not bad. And I realized that there's really two different types of running. There's spiritually running and then there's worldly running. And I wanted to talk about the difference between both of them because We as Christians need to get into our stride. We need to get in the race. We need to start running the marathon. The Bible doesn't say scriptures about relax, lay in bed, watch Netflix and chill. Don't work hard. The Bible is filled with scriptures that say, run the race. Do not be a sluggard. Do not be lazy. Do not put off things. Do not procrastinate. It tells you like, get up, work hard. You're supposed to work hard for six days and rest on one. And sometimes we get that backwards. Sometimes we're, we're working seven days, row, seven days in a row, seven days in a row, seven days in a row. We're not resting at all. Other times we get in this habit where we're resting five days. We haven't done anything. We're blowing things off. We're watching too much Netflix. We're drinking too much. We're eating too much. We're indulging too much. And then you kind of have to re- like reel it in. Like, okay, what am, what am I doing here? <laughs> I need to be working and resting one day, working six days, resting one day. That's what God did when he created the earth. And then we saw when Jesus came on earth, that's what he did. And he worked in his ministry for six days. And then on the seventh day, he would rest. And we're called to do the same thing. But when you get it mixed up, because we live in this culture that is is confusing you which is the devil is the author of confusion. Nothing is confusing when God's involved. When you're putting God aside, things start to get very confusing, very overwhelming, fear starts to set in. And so a spiritual run, I actually looked this up, uh, the definition where they refer in the Bible. So I didn't just look up what is the definition of running? I looked up what does the Bible define the word running as? And it says to travel or make progress which I thought was very cool. And then I looked up the Greek form of it and it says to spend one's strength in performing or attaining something. And I underlined one's strength because it doesn't just say to spend your time in performing or attaining something. It says to spend one's strength. And in order to find out what your strength is, you have to find out what your passion is. What are your gifts? Who did God make you to be? Because you can't just start running. That's not the definition of spiritual running is to travel and make progress and to spend your strength in performing and attaining something. It's your God-given abilities, your skills. Now, worldly running, really the difference here is worldly running is running out of fear. Fear is what's driving you to run forward. And there's a lot of different fears. A lot of people I talk to say, I don't really feel like I fear anything. And you do. You don't realize that these fears are underlying. So one of them that's very popular is fear of loss. You're fearing that you're going to lose something. So it keeps you running. Like I used to fear the loss of a promotion or money or success or fear of loss like i'm going to i'm going to miss out um you know like people say they have fomo fear of missing out like you are literally fearing that you're going to miss out on something that's happening my whole work would travel to utah and would go to this big convention and i knew i shouldn't go because i had things at home i needed to work on but i didn't want to miss out and so i would go anyway and it was a fear Um, Fear of change. A lot of us do not like to change. So if we don't want change to happen, we keep running so that we don't have to change. Fear of failure. What will people say about me? What if I fail at this? So you keep running, but that is a fear. So what happens is you're working harder instead of smarter. You're working, working, working like, oh my gosh, I could fail at this at any second. I could fail, it could crumble. And you're working so hard because you feel like, Fear is literally right behind you and it's going to snatch you at any second. And if you slow down for one day, one hour, one minute, it's going to come up and it's going to grab you and you're going to fail. And so there's also fear that you don't know enough, which is imposter syndrome. I have never met anyone who doesn't have imposter syndrome or hasn't had it ever. Usually when you are starting something, where you realize okay I'm not going to run with the world anymore I am going to really do things God's way I am going to tap into who he created me to be tap into my skills I'm going to do this you have this moment of hold on who do I even think I am like I'm going to like I'm going to go speak on stage or like I'm going to start this nonprofit or I'm going to start a podcast or write a book like I can't do that. That's so, that's so silly. Like, who am I? I don't have a degree. I'm not certified. I don't have experience. And it's just imposter syndrome, making you feel like at any moment, they're going to figure out that I'm a fake and you're just faking it until you make it kind of feeling. And that's a fear. That's not biblical Uh, fear of the unknown. You have no idea what's going to happen and you're terrified. And I like to think of this as running in the dark. Like if I blindfolded you and put you somewhere that you didn't know where you were. And I said, run as fast as you can. Your instincts would kick in and you would not want to run that fast because you would be scared. Like, I don't know what's in front of me. You would be stressed out. You would be exerting yourself probably even more than if you were unblindfolded and you could see. You're still working hard. Your body and your mind are still racing, but you're not really getting that far. And that's what happens when you have the fear of the unknown and you're feeling like you're running in the dark. And when we run with God, we're not in the dark. We're in the light. God has brought us into the light and you can trust that God is not going to steer you in the wrong direction. But if you are doing this with the world and on your own and you're not involving God, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, how to involve God in this, how to go on a spiritual run and what you need to do to be able to get in that mindset. A lot of people have fear of committing. Um, What if something better comes along? Is kind of the thought. What if I don't want to do this anymore, but I already committed to doing this? And this usually comes hand in hand with not being passionate about something you're kind of committing to something out of fear or out of obligation or guilt or shame or something. You're not really linked with it with passion because if you're passionate about something, you don't really care about the commitment. You're like, yes, let's do it. Let's go forward. I am passionate. I want to do this. I I'm all about this. But when you're not really passionate, then that's kind of like mm, I don't really know if I want to do this. And it's what's stalling you from running forward because don't really want to go forward and you're trying to convince yourself to go forward but you don't really want to so you're in this weird kind of back and forth fear of taking risks and this is just doubting God if you're fearing to take the risk and you feel like God is telling you to do something you're doubting what God says because the Bible is filled with scriptures talking about fear not trust in God he will not let you fail he will exalt you, you will be righteous with him. Tons and tons and tons and tons of scripture talking about who we are and who we're defined as and our identity in Christ. If you go on my Instagram, which is at Terrence Sarconi, you go to my highlights, there is an entire highlight category called identity. And it tells you all kinds of stuff about who you are and your identity. So if you need some scriptures and you don't really know your identity, start there. Go and just click on that highlight and go through it, screenshot anything that really connects with your soul, and start there. Fear of disappointing others. And that stems from people-pleasing. That usually has something to do with how you were brought up, trauma, abuse, abandonment, something that you developed As a way to be seen and to be liked and approved of by just having poor boundaries and pleasing everyone around you and your fear of disappointing others, that's not a good thing that's going to fuel you to run far because you're going to be exhausted. You're going to be burnt out. You cannot make other people happy forever while you're denying your own needs and your own happiness at the same time. So there's three things that you need to do in order to start spiritually running and the first one is to prepare yourself. And we talked about this in episode 81, uh, our last episode, it was it's titled 911. And if you missed that episode, go back and listen to it because you need to know all about step 1 and to be prepared. And there was three parts to being prepared. It was admit and recognize where you are, become proactive instead of reactive in your schedule and in your planning and in your life, and work on your energy leaks, which are connected to your mindset. And so if you are in the valley right now, or you are a victim of this worldly run, you're in the marathon with the world, and you want to tap out, and you're done doing this, chances are you're very exhausted, you're very fatigued, you're tired, you're overwhelmed, you're stressed out you're irritated, you're overthinking, overanalyzing, you're just in, the, in a terrible place in your mind, it's starting to leak out into the rest of your world. Like your marriage is starting to crumble, your relationship with your kids or your siblings or your parents are starting to crumble or just get more distant. You're probably not super close to God right now because you're so exhausted and you're just focused on finishing this race or getting to the next place. And you keep telling yourself the lie of when I get to the, this next spot, I'm going to rest. When I get to the resting point, I'm going to take a break. And then you get to the resting point and fear keeps you going where you don't rest because you're like, I can't stop. I'm going to fail. I can't stop because I'm going to disappoint other people. I can't stop because, you know, what if I lose out on something? I don't want something to be unknown. Like you're over committing, you're overworking yourself. You cannot begin to spiritually run until you get out of the race. You have to get out of the worldly race and prepare yourself. Just like if you were to go into an actual race, like I needed to lose 35 pounds before my wedding because I bought my wedding dress two sizes too small. And I knew that if I bought my wedding dress two sizes too small, I would make myself lose the weight. And I just, I had the boys a few years ago and I was the heaviest I'd ever was. I'm like, I don't want pictures like this for my wedding. I'm going to do it. And I dedicated myself and I pulled up the couch to 5K. Someone told me, You should run a 5K and start running. And running has always seemed cool to me. Like when I see people in cities running and their bodies are all tight and they have the clothes on and they look so serious and their headphones in and they're just running outside and their shoes. And I'm like, this would be so nice. I think I would love to run. I just need to learn how to do it. And so I printed off the couch to 5K and I signed up for a 5K and I'm like, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to lose the weight and I'm going to get strong and I'm going to learn to run. And then I'm going to do marathons and I'm going to do all kinds of stuff. Well, I very quickly realized that I hate running and I was like, who? who likes to run? (laughs) This is insane. I don't know who actually likes to do this. And I hated every minute of it. And I just kept telling myself like, just keep doing it. You'll get the result. Just keep running. Eventually you'll like it. And I had a lot of people tell me once you get past the, the exertion, it's like this high. And it's so amazing. You like go into your inner psyche and your breath slows down. I'm like lies. (laughs) <laughs> that does not happen. I don't know if I am just different than you, but it does not happen. I just felt worse and worse and worse and worse. I started getting cramps. My knees started hurting. My I'm like, I can't do this. Someone rescue me. And I was prepared. I knew I had to drink water and I had to stretch and I needed to eat a high carb meal that was pretty light before. And I needed to have the right shoes. And there were things that I needed to prepare But because I wasn't passionate, it didn't work. And step two is to find your purpose. You have to find your passion. You have to find your purpose in order to be able to get into your stride for the right thing. And there are some um, scriptures that I want to read. One is in Hebrews 12, 21. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, which just means we are surrounded by tons of witnesses, people that are watching us, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And the words that really stood out to me in this scripture are lay aside every weight and sin, because I was thinking of a runner with a bunch of weights attached to them, clinging so closely, as the scripture says, that would be even harder to run. And that's why it's saying, let go of this weight and sin that clings so close to you and run with endurance the race that is set before you. And to me, what I think of these these sins and these weights and how they weigh you down as you're trying to run your race, one of them is idolatry. And viewing other things more highly than God. Like for me, I viewed my big $250,000 check that I got on stage way higher than I viewed God. I wanted that check. I needed that check. I valued my big ring that they gave me. I valued that, my name on the screen. I I needed that approval. I wanted it. It felt so good, but it's not what God wanted me to do. And all of that perishes away when we die. And God says over and over, that is not what this world is about. We get distracted and we start to think that these are the things and we get so distracted in our careers and we get so distracted in what we want. And if it is not running the good race, where you are a witness to the people around you and you are encouraging them and you are living your life according to God in a good way of being a good influence, now you don't have to quit your job and go into you know, missionary work and you go to Uganda and the only way that you're going to glorify God is building a well for the people in the village. Like you can be, like Caitlin, you can be a nurse. That is helping people of this world. You can be a teacher. You can be any kind of educator. You can do manual labor. You can raise up kids. You can help people in their businesses. Like we have to work and make a living But while you do it, you can glorify God by acting like a Christian, by being someone who's set apart and different, where people are like, she's just different. Like, I know she's just different. She doesn't talk about people. She doesn't gossip. She's not negative all the time. She is very positive. She's encouraging. She lives her life for God. You're set apart. You don't have to walk around saying, I believe in Jesus. Do you? Are you a Jesus follower? You don't have to be someone like that but you don't even have to mention God or Jesus and people will know that you are different by your actions and how you act. The fruit of the spirit, you're gentle, you're kind, you're patient, you have joy. These things that are in your heart. And so I think of idolatry as one of them. Another sin or weight that's clinging to you is doubting God's word. If you're trying to run the good race and have endurance, but you're doubting what God said about you, you're you're never gonna do it. If you're lazy, if you're triggered from past trauma, um, you know, that's a big one. A lot of people don't really think that that's something that's clinging to you, but it is. And I mean triggers from trauma, like you, someone, uh, let's say you don't get your way and you're not able to be in control and that sets you off in a panic attack. Because you needed to control your environment around you because growing up, your environment wasn't stable. And the only way that you could feel safe is by you being in control. So now when you're older and you're not in control, it sets you off in a panic because the one thing, now you're triggered and you need to feel safe. And that doesn't feel good. That feels vulnerable and it feels open. And I'm trying to deal with this with my daughter right now. She didn't even have trauma But she is a control freak. And I'm like, babe, you got to let that go. You you can't control what other people do. You can't control the situation. They were playing up north with her two friends. And she wanted them to do something that they didn't want to do. And she was all upset about it. I'm like, you can't control what people do. They don't want to play that. You have to let it go. Um, Caitlin says, one of the favorite things I've ever heard is when we doubt God, it is like us trying to put ourselves above God. It's like we were saying we know better than him. And that is the definition of idolatry. Like, okay, God, you move aside. I know what you said. I'm going to go with my plan. And that is a sin. And that is a weight clinging so closely to you. It is like tying your feet together and trying to run. You are never going to be able to do it ever. So, other things are generational patterns that are cli- that are clinging to you. Maybe your parents and your parents' parents were all alcoholics, and now you are an alcoholic or you're in denial or you're reaching for alcohol way more than you should. Maybe you're not a full-blown addict, but you know that there's things that you're doing that you shouldn't be doing. This is generational patterns and generational sin. It's moved from one person to the other or even things like stealing. In theft. your parents were like, it's not a big deal. Just take it. And then you were raised with that being ingrained in you. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, just take it. That's a generational pattern. That is the way that you were raised is how you're wired. It's how you naturally think because of what you're exposed to. And that's going to take some time to unlearn things like that. Another one that's holding you down and is so heavy is surviving life instead of living life? So this is also goes hand in hand with being in a reactive mindset. You're not proactively living your life, you're reacting to your life. So you wake up and all you do is put out fires. your Your kids wake up, they're grumpy, they're stressed out, they're running late for school, you're screaming, you're yelling, you're mad at them. You ground them because they weren't prepared. You drive them to school, you drop them off, you come home, your day is just chaos because of how you woke up and everything you're doing, you're just trying to survive. You're stressing about money. You're stressing about your job. You're stressing about friendships. You're in this worry state, this stress state, this fear state. You're going to reach for things that help you get by like drinking, smoking, overspending, sex, all those things. You're going to start reaching for more sinful behavior because you're trying to make it feel better. And I was a victim of this for a really long time, where I was just trying to survive my life. There was no time to live my life. I was in survival mode. And it was a lie that the devil had told me because I had a choice to stop surviving and I could start living. I just had to make the conscious decision of, I'm going to be proactive in my life instead of reactive and i am going to start doing the right things now we've done a couple episodes on surviving and there's one um the first one was surviving and the second one was surrender so surviving is episode 58 if you feel like you are in this place where you are just reaching for temporary relief from your pain and suffering And you don't want to continue to do that. And you want to change things around. You need to stop surviving. Listen to episode 58 after this. And it'll really put things into perspective for you. And it'll tell you what to do next. And then surrender was right after that. It's episode 59. And they kind of go hand in hand. You first need to stop surviving. And you need to surrender your life to God. So also something that's going to fix this. Like if you're struggling with idolatry. If you are struggling with doubting God's word, being lazy, you're triggered, you're trying to overcome these generational patterns, you're surviving, I have the best news for you. The, and the, the thing that's going to fix this, guaranteed, guaranteed, there's no question about this. The thing that will fix this is spending time with God. And listen to episode 40. It's called... Time with God, and it tells you what T stands for, I stands for, M stands for, and E stands for. And it tells you how to spend quality time with God. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, 1 million percent. If you listen to that podcast, episode 40, and you start spending time with God, these things will change. You will feel so different. I'm telling you, you will be like a brand new creation. If you've never experienced God, you need to do this because it will go from, this is a religion and this is, I'm just doing what I'm told and people say to do this. So I'm doing it. It'll go from that mindset to I am experiencing God and I can feel him working and nobody can convince me that this isn't real, that this doesn't work, that this doesn't exist. It's huge. And Caitlin, I just saw that you said, this was really hard for me to get, especially with forgiveness of God can forgive you, but you can't forgive yourself. And we had a whole thing on forgiveness recently. And that's what most people, most people can forgive other people, even if they've done terrible things to them, they can get over it with God's help, but you can't do it for yourself. You're like, okay, everyone else can be forgiven besides me and what I did. And God says you're forgiven and he's cast your sins as far as from the East to the West and he forgets them. And you're the one that keeps bringing them up and can't let it go. Like, are you really more powerful than God? You're like, okay, God, I know that you forgive me, but you know, I can't do that. It's like, okay, then choose to suffer. Like, you know, why even, why even try to follow God? What what are you doing? So, um. Number two, I said, is finding your passion. You have to find your purpose in this life. You have to tap into God. The only way that you're going to find who you were created to be is to spend time with your creator. If you don't spend time with your creator, you're never going to know who you were created to be. You have to read the manual. You have to read the blueprints, or you're never going to know. And as I was getting myself out of the valley And finding the clear path for me. I realized these things that number one is I had to be prepared. I had to admit and be proactive and figure out my energy leaks and get rid of sin and spend time with God and grow closer to him. But then I was like, Okay, how do I figure out who I'm meant to be. And I started diving in so deep and doing studies and reading books and taking tests. And I went to therapy and I did all kinds of stuff to try to learn who was Taryn, who was she created to be. And I want to tell you that God doesn't waste anything that you've been through. Anything you've been through, no matter how terrible and awful it was, God doesn't waste it he doesn't say oh this this was all for nothing he says this wasn't for nothing this wasn't for nothing and when i started realizing that what i had been through actually was fueling my passion and when and what it was was and i was talking about this yesterday to someone on facebook when i got over my abandonment issues from my dad and I healed that, my whole life changed. I no longer needed this approval from the world. I no longer felt like I had to be successful to define who I was and my worth. And I realized that what I really was passionate about is I wanted to save other people from the valley. That I had just experienced this dark hole. And while I was there, I saw all of my friends and family in there with me And I got out and I was obsessed with going back down into the valley and pulling people out. It it was like this total obsession where I wanted to stay up late and wake up early. And it's all I thought about. And it's all I did. And I just was wanting to tell people what I had just learned. Like, wake up, wake up. The reason why you feel so bad, the reason why you're unfulfilled isn't because you don't have enough money, isn't because you don't have the best relationship with your spouse. It's not because you're not a millionaire. It's not because you don't live in your dream house. It's because nothing will satisfy you like Jesus will in your soul, linked with him, doing what he designed you to do. That is the only thing that's going to fulfill you and keep you going and feel like you're on this high. It's like you have this little pilot light inside of your soul that's barely, barely, barely on. And everything you do and think is either making the fire bigger or it's putting it out. Every single thing you think is putting it out or it's growing the flame. And you have to stop distinguishing your own soul flame because it's what the world is telling you to do and it's what you're programmed to think you should. And you need to start making choices so the flame grows bigger and bigger and bigger. Because the bigger the flame grows inside of you, the better you feel, the more fruitful your life is, and you're running the race that God wants you to run to where you're not growing weary, you're not fainting, you're not exhausted, because you're yoking with God. And I love the analogy of being yoked together with God, because I don't know if you guys know what a yoke is, but a yoke is the wooden board that connects two oxen together, like from the olden days, and they would plow in the fields, they'd put their necks in them, And what it would do is you would yoke a weaker ox to a stronger ox because the stronger ox would move forward faster and be stronger and would automatically pull the other one forward with him. But he would be, the stronger one would be doing more of the work because he was leading and pulling and the other one wouldn't have to work as hard but would still be working too. So it doesn't put all of the pressure on the weaker one. And that's what the scripture says to yoke with God. He says in Matthew eleven twenty nine, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. And what that means is you will have no burnout, you will have no exhaustion and you will no longer be doing it alone. The way you do that is by spending time with God to figure out who you are. So one thing that I did is I created my course called Find Your Purpose because as I was coaching people and trying to help them move forward in their business, I started out as coaching people in the online sector of building brands and helping you to be seen on Instagram and grow your followers and what to post and what to do and how to show up. But I realized that in order to do that, you have to first know what you're you're passionate about. And a lot of people were like, I have this business, I sell these products, and I want to blow up my Instagram. And as I was helping them, and we started peeling back the layers, we realized that that business isn't really what fired them up. They were just doing it because they wanted to make money, and it's what they already did. So why not? And when we really figured out, what are you actually passionate about? what are you really fired up about? What have you gone through and came out of that now you have a heart to help other people do it? Or how were you raised? And because of that, now you want to help other people in that spot. And we started to peel this back and realize that the thing that we thought we were going to make money with and what we were going to do was just there out of convenience. And so we were like, okay, hold on, let's go back. Let's, Let's go here and let's go back 10 steps and figure out what is our purpose? Who are we created to be? What is our story? What have we gone through? What's our testimony? What have we overcome? What kind of crazy God things happened to us? Did you struggle with infertility and stress and worry and freak out and oh my gosh i'm not getting pregnant i'm not getting pregnant. and then all of a sudden you gave it to god and you stopped stressing and you started praying and speaking life over it and taking care of your body and the temple he gave you and then you got pregnant and now you're passionate about helping other people to switch their mindset around and here's what i did to get pregnant here's all the things that i did or maybe you lost 100 pounds and now you're like listen you guys Wake up. I can help you lose weight. I can show you what I did. Or maybe you got out of a toxic relationship and you see all these other women around you and they're in these toxic relationships and you can see if they just left this relationship, their life would start to get better. And so you have a passion to help wake them up and get out of that toxicity. There are things that are passionate to you, but one, you haven't taken any time to think about them. Two, you probably don't really even think you're that great in the first place, so you definitely don't think that you can go do something like that because you're riddled with imposter syndrome and you have zero worth in your own mind. You don't believe what God has said about you, or you don't even know what God has said about you. And if that's you, you need to do the defined study by Priscilla Shire. You can find it on lifeway.com and make sure you get the book and the Digital or the media download because it goes hand in hand with it. And this is a five day devotion that is so quick every day. It takes maybe 10 minutes to do your devotion that day. And once a week, you watch a video and it will tell you who you are. And at the end of that, I think it's 10 weeks. If you don't believe with everything in you who God says you are, then you weren't paying attention because the thing she says in that study will blow you away. And you will start to believe that you are chosen. You are anointed. You are set apart. You are different. You are a royal priesthood. You are adopted. All of these things that God says you are, you will start to believe them. But as long as you don't believe in them, nothing good is really going to happen because you don't believe in what God has said. It's holding you back. You're doubting God. Your fear of taking this next step because You don't believe that God is going to show up and he's going to be there. The only reason why you don't believe that is because you don't intimately know Jesus because you haven't spent time with him. The only way to know someone, to truly know their motives, their intentions, if you can trust them, their character is spending time with them. It's the only way. And after so many hours of spending time, you get to know like, oh, that's not her character. She wouldn't say that. I bet you she didn't mean it like that because she doesn't really talk bad about people. So I bet that she didn't mean it like that. You'll get to know God's character and you'll get to know his words and you'll start to believe him because once you experience him, then it all is a little bit different because now you're not just going on what I said in a podcast, you're going on what you personally feel. You're like, I've been waking up and spending time with God, like Taryn said in episode 40. And I feel like a different person. I shared something on Instagram yesterday and it was from another page, but it talked about spending time with God in the studies. And when they studied people that spent time with God and read their Bibles, how different they were. And people who read their Bibles four times a week were 60% less depressed. They were, uh, they had their porn addiction and sexual sin and desires went down like 80%. I mean, it was insane. I saved it to my highlight called God's Voice because I wanted people to be able to watch this forever because it is so true. You start reading your Bible and spending time with God, you're going to be happier. And it's not going to be happy. It's going to be joy. You're going to have more patience where you're like, this is really weird. I don't have crazy road rage right now. I'm like relaxed while I'm driving. Little things will start to happen in your life. You'll start drinking less. Your language will clean up a little bit. Like you'll just, you'll just, it's a very slow change and you're not doing it on your own. You're like, this is weird. I'm different. Like I think of the Grinch when he's like, oh my gosh, what is this feeling? It's like his heart grew twice the size. It's the same thing. Like you're literally transforming. You're, you're renewing. You're a new creation. And you cannot help but feel like this is insane. I'm so different. People around you will start to notice you're different. It will happen. Uh, The scripture in Acts 20 24 says, But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now it sounds kind of confusing. The only thing I want you to really think of is if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. You have received a ministry. You have received a passion, a gifting, to fulfill a ministry. I have a couple of questions for you. What ministry are you passionate about? Ministry just means helping a group of people. Are you passionate about helping homeless people? Are you passionate about helping and supporting foster care and adoption? Are you passionate about single women? Parentless children? Are you passionate about sex trafficking, adolescent abuse, mental health, physical health? What are you passionate about? You need to start opening your mind to think of what am I passionate about? What do I care about? Another question is do you attend a church regularly in your community? And I know some of us don't have a community because we travel. And so that one's a little tricky. But if you are in one place, that is your community. You should be attending a church regularly in your community because you are part of your community. And that isn't by mistake. God has placed you in the community you're in for a reason. So plug into your community, church, go church hopping. Make a list of six churches in your area that you want to go to. And every Sunday, go to a different church and pray. And when you feel like you found a church that you love, plug in. Do you just show up or do you connect to church? Because for a really long time, I would just show up. And I'm like, yep, I'm showing up. A lot of people stay away from church because they're hurt from church. And their church hurt them and offended them, and abused them, and lied to them, and and the church is the people. The church isn't the establishment. We are the church, and everyone falls falls short in sins, so people are not perfect. People are always going to let you down. Brianna says, I have been struggling with figuring out what my passion is because for most of my life, I have done what other people wanted me to do, or expected me to do, and that's exactly how I felt when I have to ask myself the question, who is Taryn? Because a lot of times I changed who I was to just fit into a box. Like I talk too much, I overshare it all the time and I would leave situations like, oh, I shouldn't have talked that much. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. Then I realized that that was actually a gift. Me oversharing and relating to people, I was doing that to encourage them and to make them feel better. And they would come out of their shell and they would feel better. But because the world says, just shut up and get in your box, I was doing that. And that was actually my gift. So a lot of times we hide our gifts because that's what people want us to do, or we think that's what people want us to do. So the only way you're going to really figure this out is over time, spending it with God. If you're just showing up to church and you're going in and you're sitting down, you're listening to service, you're leaving, you're not really connecting to a church and you need to attend a church in your community. And you also need to connect with the church. My church has a connections room. Some churches have a connections team where you can ask, ask someone that's in leadership. How do I get connected to the church? Is there like a class? Is there a group? Who do I talk to? And there should be someone at the church that says, yes, contact this person. Come over here. Let's talk about this. They will help you get connected. Are you in a small group? Do you serve? These are all things that we're called to do. And if you're not doing them, you're not following God's plan. Now, can you be a Christian and live a fulfilled life and make it into heaven without going to church? A hundred percent that's religion, feeling like you have to go to church on certain days, you have to face a certain way, you have to kneel a certain way, you have to pray a certain way. That is not what it's about. That's being like a Pharisee. We're called to have an intimate relationship with Jesus, but the importance of finding a physical church to plug into and to be connected to it and to be in the small group is because you need community of like-minded people. You need people to pour into you. It's the average of the people you're with. Do you want your average to be the people of the world or do you want your average to be people of Christ? It will elevate you. It'll raise the tide. You'll be guilty by association in the best way. Be around more people. They'll speak life into you. They'll give you good scriptural advice, not worldly advice. It's very important to do that. And um, I, I just love so much the scriptures that talk about being exhausted and God showing up. Because step three is you need to just be still and do this with God. Like Isaiah 40, 30 says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When you're yoked with God, you're not burnt out. So when I was burnt out last week, it's because I was not yoking with God. I was still reading my devotional some days. I was still listening to worship music. I was still praying in the mornings and throughout my day, but I was still trying to control and plot plan and scheme to get my way. And I was working physically so hard, but I was living in fear. And that's why I was burnt out. So you need to be still and do this with God because you will run and not be weary. You will walk and you will not faint. And it's so simple when you think of it that way, because just take God's word at his word. What does he say? He wants you to finish the race. He wants you to get on course for the ministry that you received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God that is what he wants us to do so if you're focused on the right thing and you are yoked to God you're going to feel amazing you're going to feel so light and so good and so fulfilled um and um i think it's in philippians yeah philippians 314 says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God and Jesus Christ. You're pressing forward. Running is moving forward. Running is to travel and to make progress. So if you're yoked with God, well, actually, if you're prepared, if you can find your purpose and passion and you can be still and be with God, then you start spiritually running. And running is actually an instinct when you run. That's something, um, the definition of it is a natural or intuitive way of acting and thinking. Natural and intuitive, that means that it's given to you by God. God naturally gave you the, the act of running. But you can't focus on the devil's plan while you're doing it. What's great is if you, if you think about running. So um My son went running down our, one of the trails that we were in and some people in my family were up North hunting. And so they were coming back from their hunts and my son was kind of running out there. And our one family friend said that he turned around and faced a tree when he heard Luke running. And he's like, all I did was turn around and face this tree. And he's wearing all camo because he was out in the woods hunting And he's like, Luke ran right past me. He didn't even see me. And it's such a good analogy of when you're running. When you're running, you really can't see a lot of things around you. You can't really focus on what the devil wants you to focus on. If you're spiritually running, you have blinders on and you're focused on God and you're doing what fills your soul and your passion. For me, couch to 5k wasn't fun. I didn't feel good. I didn't feel passionate. Like I'm going to do this forever. But once I switched it out and I started going to the gym with my mom and we started doing cardio together and lifting weights together and doing classes together, I loved doing that. I was with my mom. We were doing things we loved. I lost the 35 pounds. My wedding dress fit me a week early. Like I loved it because I was passionate about it. You're never going to be able to keep up the race doing something that you're not passionate about. It is never going to work. You're going to be exhausted and you're going to constantly be looking around like, what is next? When do I stop? Because the devil has a plan for you just like God has a plan for you. And while this is God's plan, the devil wants to convince you to not even get into the game. He wants to keep you on the bench. Like, oh, Caitlin, I know you have passions, but you know what? Let's just, let's just stay here. You're not, you're not who they're talking about. God's not talking about you. He's talking about people who don't mess up. He's talking about people who don't sin. He's talking about people that don't come from hard times. And he tries to get you with these five things. He tries to get you to doubt. He wants you to question God's word and God's goodness. He wants you to be discouraged. He wants you to look at all your problems rather than look at God. Diversion, he attempts to make the wrong things attractive to you so that your appetites will be turned from godliness. Oh, that party sounds fun. Oh, a margarita sounds great right now. Defeat, he wants you to feel like a failure so you don't even try. And delay, he wants you to put off doing what the Holy Spirit has prompted you to do so that it never gets done. Doubt, discouragement, Diversion, defeat, and delay. That is the devil's plan. Is he winning? Honestly, look at your life right now and ask yourself, is he being successful with his plan? Obviously, we know he doesn't win in the end and he won't because you're a child of God and because you won't give up and because you have God fighting for you. But are you doubting what God says about you and his goodness that he has for you? Do you feel discouraged right now, looking at all your problems rather than God? Are you attracted to the wrong things and the wrong appetites? Do you feel defeated like a failure? And are you putting off what the Holy Spirit has told you to do? So I have a journal challenge for you. And if you don't journal, this is your message to start journaling. Journaling is so easy get out a notebook that has nothing else written in it, write on the front of it, journal. Don't ever write anything else in it besides things that you're journaling. Don't write notes for sermons. Don't write to-do lists. It is just things that you feel like God is telling you, you feel like you're doing, you're getting out emotions, you're writing out feelings, you're writing out questions you have for God, things that God's showing you, telling you, Maybe this podcast was exactly what you needed to hear. Write that in your journal. I listened to this podcast. It was everything I needed to hear. This is what I got from it. This is what I need to focus on. This is what God is teaching me. It's going to be your journal where you're writing and talking to God. No one needs to see it. No one needs to hear about it. The question you're going to write at the top of this, what is God telling me to do right now? And I want you to set a timer for 10 minutes. And I want you to write for 10 minutes, everything that comes to your mind. Don't make sense of it. Don't think of it logically like, okay, could this work though? Do I want to do this? Just write what you feel like God is telling you. Ask God first, Lord, speak to me. Tell me what I need to do next. Sometimes God tells me things I need to stop doing. Sometimes God tells me things I need to start doing. Sometimes he tells me both what is God telling you to do? Stop saying you don't know. I say that in the intro of this podcast, stop saying you don't know what to do. You do know what to do. You have an intuitive feeling inside of you that says what you should do just because you can't make sense of it, or it's not ready to come into plan right now. doesn't mean that it doesn't really mean anything. I've been journaling about starting a mom's ministry for two years It's all in my journal. Like I would love to be in a mom's ministry. It wasn't the right timing. I didn't have the people. I wasn't ready. I wasn't in the place, but I knew that that's what God wanted me to do. And now as it's coming to fruition and we're about to start on October 14th at my church, it is this amazing feeling. Like, look at God. He planted the seed in me two years ago and now it's coming through. Is he telling you to quit your job? Is he telling you to apply for a new job? what is he telling you to do then i want you to make a list in your journal of all the things that you currently need help with this is also called a prayer list but don't call it a prayer list write down what do i need help with and think about i would do a 10 minute timer for this too and really think about what do you need help with i would go through your moods your actions the things you're struggling with. Now, one of the things that I struggle with is lack of motivation. And I write down, what do you need help with? I need to be motivated. I need to be excited. I need to work and want to work. Write down what you need help with. And something that I wrote down in my journal that made me feel so good is I wrote down God's goal at the top of one of the papers. And God's goal is to be in God's will. That's what he wants from us. It's super simple. To be in God's will, you have to be present in the moment, be in a good mood, and take good care of what he has already blessed you with and spend time with him. That's it. If you are present in a good mood and you're taking care of what you need to, and you're spending intimate time with God, you are crushing your goals. You are successful in God's eyes. God says, well done, good and faithful servant. Today was a great day. Good job, sister. Now, below that, I want you to write down what your goals are. And these can be goals that you wanna achieve by the end of the year, or if you don't like putting a timeline on them, just things that you would like to eventually do. Um, Like for me, it's like write a book and start coaching and start speaking and these things. Okay, this is great. And it's good to have that written down so that you can see this is the big picture. This is what I eventually want to accomplish. But it's so good to see right above like, oh, oh, I am successful. I might not be successful in my eyes. I might not be speaking on stages and have my book published and have my coaching program finished and all of these things that I want to do. But every day I am successful in God's eyes because I'm staying in God's will. And that's all he wants. Just be in his will. And he is like, good job. Great job today. You did an awesome job. That's how you show God that you're ready to serve and to get out there and to be a part of this. The last thing I want to say is if you do not know your purpose and your passions, and you have no clue what that looks like, because that can be, that is the hardest part, the hardest part to figure out. It was next to impossible for me to figure out. I'm like, okay, I want to do something big. I want to be fulfilled. What do I do? Like, I have no clue. Like, what do I do? Where do I start? You can go to mentoringthemasses.com, and that is my course to finding your purpose. It's five videos. You get it in a portal. It's $111. You have unlimited access to them to rewatch them as many times as you want. There are printouts that you can print out with it that have journal prompts and questions. You're going to figure out who you're passionate to help, what are their needs, what keep them up at night, where can you show up and plug in and help them. It is literally jam-packed with every single thing you know. It, It is tapping you into God. It is not tapping you into me. I am not telling you what you were created for. It's telling you what you need to do with God so that he gives you the answer. You will go through this course. You will know your purpose. And you'll probably want to start making some changes to your life because you'll realize that you're not really in alignment like you thought you were. So you can go to mentoringthemasses.com or you can click the link in my bio and the course pulls up on there. Episode 40, Time with God. Big one. Make sure you listen to it. And episode 59, Surrender. Make sure you listen to that one. And episode 81 called 911. If you need to get help ASAP and be prepared. So if you need anything at all, If you ever feel like you're on an island all by yourself, you need a little bit of direction, a little bit of help. You can always message me on Instagram. I would love to connect with you. I would love to help you. I would love to recommend a book to you or some advice or put you on my prayer list. Please don't feel like I'm too busy for you because I'm absolutely not. That is just the devil trying to isolate you and get you all by yourself. If you feel like I need to connect with her, please do it. Please. Thank you for being here. I love you guys. I believe in all of you. I know that God has something special for you. And my goal is to help you to see it and spiritually run towards it. So thank you for being here. Love you. See you Wednesday. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own we know we cannot do this on our own although we try please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us we love you so much in jesus's holy name amen have a blessed day thanks for being here